not happen for an age. What's that? It is a gathering. Hello and welcome to Enmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game. I'm Harry and this is episode 52 of the podcast and we're cracking on with another tournament. Uh, we're visiting the, uh, the, well, I suppose the rainy north, although I, I think the weather's meant to be quite good this weekend. We're heading off to Stockport uh, near Manchester again, which is a regular uh, place on the SBG Tour of UK. Um, it's uh, Element Games. It's a big, big venue, 100 and something people for the Scouring of Cheshire, uh, run by uh, the indomitable Stephen Crow. Uh, of battle streams in middle earth fame and of top table gaming fame and so uh, it's going to be a good tournament lots and lots of people uh heading up there i think it's i think it's 116 or something uh along that regard so uh, lots of people uh, very excited uh, for this tournament because it's 800 points which means i get a good chance to bring out my Easterlings. Yes, I've painted up my new heroes. It's going to be amazing. I've got the new uh, Brawl Gear. I've got the new Ratabi. We're all very excited because we've just seen the big picture of um, of the Dragon Emperor. Everyone's super excited about that. So, it's yes, we're... Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm really excited for this uh, this weekend. Uh, so excited. Um, I, I, think, I, I don't think there's anything particularly special about the... Um, about the tournament in terms of like the uh, restrictions or anything it's just uh, an 800 point tournament uh, usual kind of uh, six games from the match play guide um but i think the size and scope is is something that uh, is is well i suppose going to be going to be difficult to bear and and actually just just loads and loads of people uh, lots I, I i'm gonna i can looking down the list i know lots of people there and it's going to be one of those weekends where I'm probably going to see some people, spend five minutes chatting to some good friends and, you know, not really have a lot of time to catch up with everyone. So uh, I'm very much excited uh, for the weekend. But we need to take an army. So let's get on with it. So as I've hinted at, uh, we're going to have to bring the new Easterlings. I know uh, people have been asking me about my Easterlings and whether they're excited, uh, whether I'm excited, I suppose, to to take them to new uh, new ventures with new guys and new gals uh, involved in them. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm I think Easterlings are probably pretty decent at 800 points. It's uh, it's not a bad uh, bad situation to be in. So let's let's crack on and uh, have a look at the list. So I'm going to start with the general. Um, I'm going to go with Rutabi. This is the new, uh, the new uh, Forge World miniature. Uh, she's the general of the Dragon Legion, and she's pretty damn good. She is 110 points. Uh, she has strike. She has challenge. Not going to use that often. Uh, she has fight six, um, strength four, defense seven. Excellent, because she's got a shield as well. Uh, she's got three attacks, three wounds, courage five. Excellent, and of course six uh, when you're broken, which is really good. Uh, she is three might, two will, two fate. And crucially, she has master of battle on a three plus. So 110 points of absolute goodness right there. Uh, you also have the phalanx special rule, unyielding combat stance, which means if you get knocked over on a four plus, you immediately jump back up again. And she has show no mercy, which means you can re-roll failed to wound rolls if the enemy is trapped. So 
Um, some people have commented, uh, in particular Tim, who's been on the podcast a few times, has said she's she's undercosted and overpowered. Um, I disagree. Uh, 110 points is about the price of Shagrat. Uh, Shagrat knocks people over. Um, which is really good, um, and she doesn't. Uh, she's fight six, so she's got some bonuses, of course, compared to Shagrat. But uh, she she isn't that amazing. Master of Battle three plus is very good, but of course this is all situational. Master of Battle is fantastic half the time because half the time you um, you know you call uh, uh, you know you're, you've lost priority, so you're calling the moves um, or, and stuff like that, or, or you're uh, fight six, so you're perhaps. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, either way, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. We'll see how she fares over the weekend. But I've decided to make her the leader because uh, she is uh, high defence. Um, she's got two fate points rather than uh, Amda's one uh, than Amda. And uh, so high defence and Amda is what I'm getting at. And she can shield, so she's got the chance of def- really, really defending herself if she needs. Um, she's more likely to be able to sort of strike and things like that um beyond the period of um uh, of losing her might because she's got the master of battle so she might be able to just be a bit more durable if uh, dueling a hero um and i think realistically i want to send in amder and chuck him in like a grenade and hope uh, he kills some stuff so so yeah ritabi is the general of the dragon legion which is what i'm taking so let's carry on we've got three easterlings with shield uh, in her warband eight points each 24 points total two warriors with pike and shield that's 18 uh one warrior with banner pike and shield for 34 we've got three black dragons with pike and shield so they're fight for courage for 11 points each 33 points and three dragon cult acolytes for 33 points so that is a pretty solid warband a nice phalanx of dudes on foot with a banner in the middle there uh, for maelstrom and for just spreading the banners wide next warband Amder, Lord of Blades, Armoured Horse, 145 points he's got three Eastlings with shield with him three Eastlings with pike and shield three black dragons with pike and shield a cataphract with a wardroom and a three dragon cult acolyte so leaning into that pike block again um but of course we've got the drum which is essential i think it's essentially free might um and you need a lot of might in an eastling army because you want to get your pikes in the right places and things like that and so cataphract and also it's just the wardroom is just great um and I'm, again, leaning heavily into these acolytes because, A, I've paid for them in terms of actual money, so I want to use them. And, B, I think they're really good. Um, often, I've found in the previous games with them, you know, you you chuck them in the front line and put two pikes behind them. And, yes, they'll probably die if they lose um, because, A, they get trapped by the pike block and, like, the rest of uh, the Eastillings. But um, B, they're defence four anyway, so you know there's a good chance they're going down to a, a normal pike block or sorry spear uh, shield sort of combination. So two dice looking for fives is pretty realistic for them. Um, but you know four dice, you're getting a six to wound anything most of the time, so that's good. Uh, so that's the that's what we're going for, and also they can be sort of. Uh, at the back of the pipe block if they need to be and sort of flank and do f- funky things like jumping over terrain or what of, whatever so uh, let's go to Warband 3 uh, which is Brawgear the Conjurer uh, so this is the other new uh, uh, hero um, I'll just quickly run through his stats because he is new uh, he's got um, fight 3 which is crap um, he's got strength 3 which is crap he's got defense 5 which is crap he's got one attack which is crap he's got uh, two wounds which is n- not too bad courage 4 which is naff uh, he's got two might great uh five will very good and two fate for 80 points 
Um, he has the battle stave, so he can use uh, that as a two-handed axe or a spear, which is handy. Um, he's got channeling, and he's got a special rule, Sorceress Adept. Um, if he rolls a natural six when making uh, casting, he uh, keeps a single will point, which is really cool. Um, so, which is actually, no, I've just noticed that, a natural six when he regains a single will point. So if you get three sixes, you don't get all your will point back, which is a bit of a shame. But anyway, uh, it's probably not going to happen on five dice, I suppose, realistically. It might happen a couple of times over the course of the tournament, I guess, scientifically. Um, he also has Blade Wrath, Fury, Enchanted Blades, and Tremor. So um, good casting values, Tremor on a five plus, and that's the one that uh, you measure six inches in front of you, and then you uh, choose a model and uh, you extend a d6 line out from them uh, pointing directly away from the caster knock them over and you get uh, a strength six hit on each of the the people uh, falling under that line and anyone under that line can try and resist so um could could be good for some potential damage combine it with um uh, Ritabi, that'd be good um, but I suppose that would mean Borgia would have to be standing on the front rank or close to the front rank or at the flanks or something like that which puts him uh, exposes him ever so slightly but either way he's a hero of fortitude so he's leading 12 dudes he's got two might um, he's like a captain except he's well in terms of might so he's going to be calling moves um, if if I don't get the uh, master of battle of course um, and he's going to be having a couple of goes at blade wrathing or tremoring or enchanting or doing fury if there's some spoopy things about. So uh, that is that leader of that warband. And along with him, two warriors with shield, two warriors with pike and shield, two black dragons with pike and shield. So a little bit of a smaller um, uh, kind of pike block. And I've got a bow and three acolytes as well. So um, one bow in the army and nine throwing weapons. So the bow is a bit of a I don't know. I could have done a shield, but I just thought, actually, if I don't have anyone backing backing that guy with a shield up, then might as well just be a bow. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, and then finally, to round things off for uh, the 800 points, I've got one Easterling Dragon Knight on Armoured Horse. Now, I haven't run the Dragon Knight in a while because um, I've been going for sort of Kamul and Amder combo to see whether um, that worked. I struggled. Um, but the Dragon Knight here, we've got 80 points here, so it's not bad. Uh, three attacks, two might, no will or fate, which is always going to be an issue. Um, but, you know, if you send him in, he's like a mini Amder. He can wreck stuff and get might back if he if he kills a hero. So there's another strike as well in the army. So we've got three strikers and three potential, you know, beat sticks if, uh, if everything goes well. So in total... 11 points of might plus the Master of Battle on 3 plus, which is amazing for an Eastling army. I'm used to sort of 6 at 800 points, so it's almost double, which is amazing. 1 bow and 9 throwing weapons, 39 models, uh, break, so I'm breaking at 19 models left, and of course a quarter at 9 as well. So that is the army that I am taking to the scouring of Cheshire. Big question is, am I going to be able to pull off what I've been aiming for for so long with the Eastlings? I've been aiming for that... Um, four wins and two losses or you know at least positive so let's go three wins and a draw that would be an amazing amazing achievement I'd be really happy with that um and I think in this tournament I'm going to try and get into the top 40 so sort of just about the top third I think that'd be great I think it's 116 um players in the thing so yeah I'm aiming for top third of the tournament and uh, a positive win loss ratio so if I can pull that off, I'll be really chuffed. If I can do better than that, then amazing. But we'll have to wait and see how it works. Now, I don't actually have um, a riddle in the dark this episode, just because the last episode was so recent um, that 
it, it's just not giving anyone time to get in touch. So I'll give you a bit of time. I, I think we've had one uh, email, but that's not as many as usual. So I'll give you a bit of a reminder of the riddle in the dark. So let's uh, let's uh, do the jingle anyway. Riddles in the dark. So the reminder of the riddle in the dark, uh, this was the riddle from the last episode. Uh, it sounds a little bit something like this. And all you have to do is tell me who speaks next and what they say. Who speaks next? What do they say? Let's remind ourselves one more time. Podcast at gmail.com is the email to get in touch with if you think you know who is speaking in that uh, who speaks next in that clip uh, from the Lord of the Rings films or from the Hobbit films uh, and I also run through emails and uh, comments in this one and I'd quite like uh, your assessment because um, uh, we don't know what, what how I've done so far but I'd love your assessment on um, whether you think the new Easterling hero um, in particular Ratabi is overpowered or overpriced or underpriced and underpowered um so she's 110 points i've run through the uh the thing already um she's got the master of battle on three plus she's fight six she's got all the good stuff um do you think she is undercosted or overpowered that is the big question uh, obviously we'll find out over the course of the next six games what i think and i'll summarize at the end of the podcast but i'd love to know your opinions your hot takes have you played against her yet have you used her yet uh, what do you think of Ratabi general of the dragon legion let me know entmootpodcast at gmail.com now let's head up to manchester <laughs> So it's game one at the scouring of Cheshire GT and I'm playing up against Hayden uh, with my Easterlings with the Brawl Gear and the Retabi and it's all very exciting. Uh, Hayden, first of all, uh, give us a summary of what you've brought for your 800 points. Yeah, so I brought uh, Boromir with, um, with the banner and um, shield on horse. I've got Gandalf on Shadowfax and Faramir, the range of Faramir. Um, and then just a smattering of uh, warriors and a few rangers, had a few bows. And you had a few knights as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and um, when you saw the, the Easterlings, um, first of all, did you, did you have a plan? We're playing assassination. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have a, a plan in mind for how you were going to counter them? Um, I kind of, it, it, it's, I didn't really have a plan at the start, but it kind of developed. Um, so um, I guess what, I, I mean, I tried to set up a couple of lines, like in, we've got um, kind of lakes on the board, so try and uh, set up kind of in between those and try and make you come through to me. But I think you very quickly decided to just come on down on one flank. Um, and yeah, and then I think my uh, cavalry and rangers were a bit exposed. I think in terms of, um, I think, I think I was just trying to use Gandalf to try and kind of snipe from the back, and then uh, maybe get Boromir in. But um, yeah, and then it, it kind of worked towards the end, but uh, not not I didn't quite get him in soon enough. I think this is a fine example of uh, of dividing and conquering uh, your army for for me, because as you pointed out, I I, I marched uh, drummed my guys 
down one flank and kind of left Boromir out of the game for a, a significant amount of time. And there was kind of a Mexican standoff a couple of times where neither of us really wanted to commit everything. And then, and I, I kind of I decided at one point, right, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to leave my phalanx on the right, behind, on the uh, left of this um, lake you mentioned. Uh, and it and it meant that I, either I was going to char- uh, get into charge range of you, or you were going to get into charge range of me. But you had the the knights and decided, right? I'm going to just send the knights in because yeah, yeah. I, I I guess I guess if they hit hard, then you you, you chip away at the front line of my Easterlings. But sadly, that didn't quite work out. No, um, I think um, I got caught out a bit. I um, with the, with the three lines of the Easterling infantry, they're pretty pretty solid. Um, so yeah, it didn't quite work out. Um, I think the reason I did that, I got my rangers over here and their their, their lower defence uh, value, so I was trying to protect them, and um, it didn't, yeah, it didn't quite work out. It did definitely slow things down for me, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I think because I, I got Ratabi got charged, managed to call her combat with her, help out the other, one of the others, so I managed to kill two or maybe three out of six knights, and yeah. um, the rest of them just bounced off of each other. But I think crucially at that point, I, it allowed Amder to get help help out, and all of the this work started happening. So with that. With an, an assassination, I, I went straight away. Amder is definitely going to be my assassin. He's an absolute monster as an assassin, and I'm going to go for Faramir because, as you point out, he's a ranger Faramir. And um, I think you, you you would have settled. I don't know. You said um, Boromir was your assassin, which which you know he's not allowed yeah, to be. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll kind of ignore that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Um, yeah, going back to my initial thoughts, I think um, before I forgot that rule, um, I think I was going to go with uh, Faramir and try and snipe someone out. But um, I suppose he's got. A, got a strength two bow so it's not really going to work out yeah you'd have to dump a lot of might on that bow shot yeah um but yeah i think yeah i i kind of yeah when you came down here i was trying to reform reform with my um shields and um, just try and slow you down i think towards the end about halfway through i'd just given up this side and was just trying to slow you down to try and come around with boromir and 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 just try and and just try and kill your um yes the assassin dragon knight yeah which it, it was working. You were definitely cracking through, but I think at that point you'd lost enough warriors that that I was a I was being able to get traps, and I still I, I mean I started losing quite a few over on the other flank where Boromir was chomping through, but um, crucially on the flank where I was trying to get Faramir, I had so many troops I'd lost maybe two or three something like that, and Amda Rutabi doing loads of work, and Brogir had an amazing moment. I, he'd just been kind of flapping around for for ages, and then I thought right okay. Faramir and three rangers were, or four rangers were lined up in this line. I was like, that is a tremor line right there. And I told you about it at the start of the game, and, and I said, he's going to do his tremor. And I could see your face. Yeah. You're like, no, I forgot. Yeah, no. I um, I was just lining them up, them up to really to just try and take out the spear supports on my other models and just completely forgot about that. Uh, and no, to be fair, it was, very, it was a very good shot. I think you got, yeah, you killed four out of the... Yeah, I, I think I did two, two, or, two or three rangers and wounded Faramir knocked him over I as think, well. I think that was key because then you were able to come round heroic combat and get Faramir and just swarm him while he was not yeah. prone and, and yeah, yeah, that it, was the end of him really. It, it was, yeah. Once he was on the floor, I, I'd managed to I managed to win a, a fair few crucial roll-offs for priority after that and you know, it, you couldn't really get Faramir off the floor so I pinned him down with um, with Pikes the first turn and then Amda the second turn and um, you know I tried to kill Gandalf in the end as well but didn't quite get the kill on Gandalf but crucially I got the assassin kill so I got the 7 from that and also unbroken at the end of the game so I get the 10 uh, and you get 1 for, for wounding the Dragon Knight yep. um, I reckon I reckon if you'd have chosen Gandalf as your assassin yeah. you probably would have been able to kill him because I, I, I think, yeah. I think you, if you just focused hard on that 
you'd have chased him down. Yeah. He's got a lot more movement. He's got 24-inch threat range with his Shadow Facts and the range yeah. of the ma magic. Yeah. So, But then we didn't realise, and I, I, I strangely not encountered this, you Sorceress blasted him once, and... Um, there was no one behind him, so we just got thrown back. Yeah. And I didn't realise. I assumed it did a hit as well, yeah. but it didn't. We checked the rules, and you don't do the hit yeah. unless we got read it wrong. I don't think we did. Yeah, and that kind of that might have actually. Well, it definitely did. I think work against me. It kind of put him out on his own and made him further away from the rest of your army. Mm. So you know, it made it easier for him to run away at the end. Yeah, actually, yeah. You, if if you hand on that, I would have. Well, I suppose I'd have had a six-inch move to get away rather than a three. But either way, it was certainly, certainly get him, get, got him away and um, allowed me to protect him. But, yeah, maybe if, if, you, if we'd have known that, and I genuinely didn't know this, I thought that you got the hit regardless. If we'd have known that, maybe you could have compelled him forward into, yeah, into yeah. Boromir or something think, like that. Yeah, I think I just need a bit more practice with, uh, with Gandalf in terms of spell casting, trying to, yeah, different array of spells, I think. I think. And you did absolutely poor rolls. Every single roll you rolled was like a two and a one, basically, for your two, two dice. Yeah, and I think on the, um, the uh, priorities for, for heroic combats, and uh, yeah, I think they all yeah, went fell to you. Um, it, did, it, did, it did seem a little bit more uh, unbalanced towards me, definitely. And, and of course, uh, we haven't mentioned yet, Hayden, this is your fourth or fifth game ever? Um, yeah, well, it's my first competitive game. I, I don't know how many games I've I've done. I did a, I did a bit of battle companies before COVID, but this is probably about the the, the fourth or fifth game I've ever played. So well, yeah, I think I, I think I did rather well. I, I managed to kill your some of your guys at the end. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased overall. I was pretty pleased actually with with uh, killing your um, the drummer uh, and then trying to create a path with with Boromir. I was pretty pleased with that move. Yeah, yeah, because I, I hadn't realised what you're doing because you decided to target um, the sorceress blast on him and he got unseated from his horse and and a lucky six meant that uh, that he died from the um, from the sort of thrown rider thing. But um, I, I hadn't realised what your plan was with that. But that I, you only just explained it now and I was like, oh yeah, of course you cleared a path so Boromir could get through and get the Dragonite, which was actually a very clever move. And there were some other clever moves you did, rather than leaving your Minas Tirith warriors sort of spread out in a kind of disarray after the, the initial kind of charge, they, they moved back and occupied a little um, little gap between a tree and a lake, which meant it was a lot harder for me to surround and kill them, which, which again, slowed me down a lot and, and could have put a stopper on everything, but not quite, Hayden. Yeah. Uh, so well played. I think you'll do well in the rest of the tournament, um, but, you know, sadly, not the first game. <laughs> Well, no, thanks very much. Um, yeah, you've been yeah, helped me out a lot, and so uh, yeah, thanks for. Well, thanks for the game. Cheers for the game. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Game two of the scouring of Cheshire and playing against Jay Acharya, and uh, you've got 800 points of spoopy spoopy monsters so uh, just give us a run through of your Angmar list sure so I've got the Witch King on Felbeast with 3 Might uh, 16 Will 3 Fate and the Crown of Morgul he's leading a Warband of Orcs uh, and a Deadmosh Spectre I've also got a Shade in there leading a Warband of Orcs and a, a Spectre as well 2 Barrow Whites leading about eight, 8 Orcs each uh, and I've got an Orc Captain as well who's also leading a Warband of Orcs so you've got a fair amount of magic you've got um, a, the Shade causing all the effects and you've got the tricks from the uh, Fel Light and um, and we're playing uh, Capture and Control, which is the objective one where you flip the objective over and then it becomes yours and you can leave it after that. Um, when you saw my army um, and you had the new you Eastling heroes, you've not really mm. encountered Eastlings before. Um, what did you think? Did you fancy your chances? So I was a bit worried, actually, because your, your models, even though you've got less of them, they're high defence. And I thought, I need to break you early. And the way the scenario worked, we're in a bottleneck in the middle. And because you moved a flank over, I actually thought if I, I favoured my chances of breaking through... The only downside that I was worried about was, because you've got four big heroes, even though I've got plenty of magic, I thought they'd heroic combat, tear through my troops, probably kill quite a fair few, and if, if I break, my army runs away. Mm. But inevitably, because I might have so much magic, I think it actually worked in my favour, because I could just isolate a hero at a time. Um, 
and ideally just keep them out of the game for a turn. And that essentially, I think, won me the game in the end. Absolutely, absolutely. The um, I, I think initially I, I'd set up um, my Dragon Knight and Amda behind a big sort of uh, obelisk-type uh, piece of terrain, and it meant that you were like, okay, I'll go straight for Ritabi with the, the magics. You took uh, paralysed uh, Ritabi in the first turn, and then... Uh, that, so you could focus your magic on her, and then when Amber came in, uh, Ritabi, I think it stood up by then, but you get, again, just mm. find one dice um, paralyzers on your two barrel whites proved really effective, because I knew you'd have loads of will uh, left to keep casting after turn after turn, so I wasn't sure what to do. I think it was a really good strategy, and, and I know you said in the previous game it didn't necessarily pay off as well, yeah. but one dice, you've got five chances at getting a paralyzer. It's really threatening. So I think the only reason I one dice it in, in this game and didn't, didn't, put more, didn't put more and didn't commit more was simply because you've got four heroes, and I think all of them are in equal threat you've got one caster in there who if you've got a tremor off one the phobies could be affected but also you could tear through my line so my thoughts was if i one dice each time it's a 50 50 roll but if it comes off that gives me more turns of actually sort of messing around with your heroes mm. rather than if i committed too early i think the end game would favor you then because i'd be out of magic yes i'd have the witch king left but i think he by himself can't then target all of your heroes mm. so that was my sort of game plan at the beginning Luckily for me, I think apart from three turns where I won dice and it didn't come off, I think seven or eight of them actually, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm corrected, I think it came off when I, when I won dice. Yeah, it, whether something with, like that, yeah. Whether with the Witch King or whether with, with the, um, with the Barrow Whites. And ultimately, I, I think those lucky rolls swung it in my favour early mm. on, I thought. Yeah, it, it, it definitely piled the pressure on because it meant that I never quite got a foothold or even a chance really to kill anything with my heroes. I think I'm trying to think now if they ever, if they ever did. Uh, maybe maybe one turn of combat, but realistically, uh, they, they definitely didn't crack a hole in the orcs like they could. I mean, I've killed what was that twenty or thereabouts orcs, maybe a little less, and and you know I was trying to crack through. I had this this warband as you, you mentioned at one point. I split off um, a phalanx of dudes um, that came around the side to try and capture one of the uh, left the left objective as I was looking at the field. Uh, and they did successfully do that, um, but but of course it, it, they, they were trying to get into the middle or the back. And I'd sent my drummer around a little later to try and get some extra move, which I think maybe caught you by surprise. Definitely, the drummer definitely caught me by surprise. I didn't actually know what to do because I was really worried that my sort of my home objective, as I look at the board, I thought would be under threat. Because if, in two turns, if you drum, I think you're quite confident you can get that. Yeah. And the way I'd committed my army, I didn't really have any rearguard as such, barring one wild wag at the back uh, to sort of back up my army from the flank. Not only that, all my heroes were at the back as well. And if you got that rear guard to, your, to, to, you know, to my back as such and outflanked me, I think I would have been in trouble had a roll-off gone your way. If you win priority, then obviously I can't cast my magic. But actually, I had a, about four or five orcs spare who couldn't get into the, into the combat because of the way the terrain was. And well, you had loads of orcs, didn't you? So did, <laughs> you, it's inevitable you had a few. Absolutely. Yeah. So I sent a few across to try and block off your sort of phalanx that which, which came out from wide. Um, and I think it actually worked quite well in the end because though you managed to get them into the middle on the last turn, it didn't prove as effective as I thought it would be. Mm. And I thought you might have been more attacking with them and might have come forward for my home objective. But I think because of my sort of orc block, essentially, I don't think you had the models to do that. Yeah, it, it, it's because you'd had that little little sort of speed bump. It slowed the troops down and it meant that I just didn't quite have enough. So I, And we, we, we timed out in the end So because um, neither of us are broken. Um, but we... I, so I, was, I kind of would have I would have liked to have been a bit more aggressive with those and maybe taken a turn extra to kill more stuff make sure I could drum forward but I just didn't have the time so I had to launch everyone onto the bases and I neutralised the middle objective but you managed to, to sort of keep it uh, in balance but uh, then Wait, right into the last minute you, you jumped the Witch King right over the lines and, and luckily I, although I surrounded him with 
eight or nine models and you got the six and you won so that that was a it was a bit of a punt really because i thought oh actually that that could could swing in my favor if i get very lucky and win this fight uh, you know you had three might and everything so you're probably fine but and um, that was it was a, i think it was a really good move but the witch king didn't really need to do a lot other than just cast neutralize stuff because your boys were just holding the objective so well yeah, agreed i actually thought the witch king was very ineffective in terms of what he could have done i don't think he actually delivered in terms of points value i mean i think i spent what seven will in total in the whole game barring the last turn i just threw everything at it but actually, it was one dicing everything each turn. I think the lack of one big target from your end made I didn't really have anyone to neutralise, really, mm. which is why I just thought I'd do one dice at a time. But actually, I, I felt if I didn't have him on Felbius and had him maybe on a horse or maybe even on foot, I had more orc numbers, actually. I think that would have favoured my army even better for that scenario. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think because of the way the bottleneck worked and because I funneled forward in the first turn because you hesitated and didn't counter and, and didn't charge me, yeah. I think that meant the two middle objectives in theory. I was pretty confident I'd be able to hold them um, unless, of course, you were able to get that flank round, which I know you did, but obviously we timed out. And I think ultimately, I think they're the main sort of two or three things which I think factored in my in my favour. Yeah, I, I, see, I was, I was thinking if, if I, if I hesitate... I, I, you hesitate, yeah. I kind of hoped that you would push forward off the central objective and leave a, a, a bit more because I was thinking if I fall back a little bit, I should be able to hold that 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 sort of gap and stop you from getting my home objective, and I can sweep round and with my guys. I just didn't have enough time to do it, and you put the, enough speed bumps in the way to sweep through. Maybe given a couple more turns, I, I might have got there, but in reality, in a couple more turns, Ritabi will be dead, Amder would probably be dead, or, or at the very least, your your orcs. You've still got plenty of uh, will on the shade. You've still got plenty of will on a couple of uh, one on the barrow white each thereabouts so, so i mean i don't think i was going to hold that line for much longer anyway so i ended up losing my own objective and not really capturing anything else but um no no kills for the leader you did wound mine um i didn't kill yours but you got three out of the uh five objectives and we neutralized the no was it four uh yeah three and then i neutralized the middle one and i had one so it was what an eight one or eight two 7-2, 7-2, so I don't know anything about this game, clearly. 7-2 win to you, Jay. Either way, uh, well done and good luck in the next one. Thank you, Harry. Well done to you as well. Thanks for that great game, yeah? Game three, it's Divide and Conquer here at uh, Scouring of Cheshire and playing against Chris Gross, patron supporter. Yeah. You've got your patron widget and everything, you're measuring things. All it's the, been wonderful. And the dice as well have been really really helping me out this weekend. So, yeah, yeah no. Even, he, even against you, it's been betraying you a bit, Harry. Yeah, they have a little, they have a little. <laughs> but, uh, first of all, Chris, uh, just to explain uh, your 800-point army, uh, tell me what you got. So um, I've taken Lothorian and Rohan as a combo, um, Galadriel, Haldir and a load of armoured um, armored Galadrim, um, Cheeky Sentinel thrown in there as well. Uh, the Rohan side is Theoden, six Royal Guard, two Outriders and three Riders with a banner, or one of which with a banner. Um, so it's kind of, it's a bit of a mishmash of some um, hopefully tanky elves and some hard-hitting Rohan. Um, and it seems to be going quite well so far, but... So 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 in this last one. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll delve into that. But divide and conquer is the mission. So uh, you have to split your army, which I think favours me better in this scenario because um, you've got three warbands. So it means one of your warbands is going to be slightly off uh, off out of the, the, the battle. I've got the march or the drum for free, so I can launch my guys into the centre. So and that's exactly what I did over the first couple of turns. Launched myself in the centre and I tried to exclude Galadriel and her her team. What what was your plan? Um, I think a lot of it was just try and get on at least one of the objectives, um, and then because uh, I got the row, I got the the cav uh, close to one side of the objective. Just go and try and sit on that for a bit, and then hopefully wander my way up through the middle. Um, but it just ended up being a case of a massive mishmash on one side. 
Uh, and the elves just, I think lack of march really hurt me. Not being able to move into key positions and get the elves up to help out quickly was, it was hard. It was hard going. Yeah, they were, they were, I had a, at least a turn ahead of you, didn't I, because of the, the two drummings that I did uh, and the, the cavalry as well. And because you, you, were, you were moving forward quicker with your cavalry, it meant that you were just exposed earlier than perhaps you could have been. So I just launched into it. And there was a moment, I said, 10 inches away. Okay, I've got Dragon Knight and the drummer 10 inches away from third and, and you were like, that's fine. Yeah. Do you, do you regret that decision now, not mush, pushing them back a little bit? No, not at all. Um, I think, I mean, he lost, what, a, a wound and a fate, I think, at that point. And the fact that he actually managed to survive at all, I was quite proud of. Um, or very pleased with, at least. It was your, sadly, it was the dice were not in your favour. But mm. I think pushing him back a little bit, it would have meant that you'd have been able to get into other guys and then still combat off into things. It, it, it just, I don't think there was any way around it unless I was playing really cagey with the Rohan. But... With the Rohan, I want to try and get up into things, so it makes sense to get as close as I can. Absolutely. So, so that first turn, you're, you're right. I, I charged my two guys. I thought, well, the Dragon Knight, if I get two strikes into Theoden, um, if I win one of them, Theoden could or probably is dead. Um, and then I kind of went all in on Theoden. Uh, the, the following turn, Amder and Ritabi were hovering around her combat in to get around the back and try and kill Theoden. But he was very stubborn. It took a about three or maybe four turns I think, before I took him yeah, down. Yeah, somewhere around that. I think it's, it's, I mean, the initial one was the strike off. I think it was certainly my thinking was with that, if I could have won the strike, then he's going to last a bit longer. But yeah, the fact that he stuck around for as long as he did whilst being surrounded by a glittering horde of, uh, of red and gold was, it was, it was, it was quite impressive. But no, he, he fell in the end, fell in the end to Amdur. He, he did, and I, I did spend an awful lot of might on it. I, I spent Ritabi's might once uh, to do her own combat into him, which didn't work, and then Amder, and then a Dragon Knight's two might, so probably about four might to do it. Um, I did get one point of might back, well, so it's five might, um, because I spent a point of might to actually finish him off with Amder, and then I got that might straight back. So five, but four, uh, because I got one back. So it, to get rid of Thedon, I, I think it's probably worth it, because had Thedon ever got a charge, which he didn't, yeah. He'd have hit into my, my guys and started caught wrecking face. Your Royal Guard are fight five as well, so I just needed to pin you down, keep, keep the pressure on until you lose those things. Because those fight five Royal Guard would have torn me to yeah. shreds. It's tailors all the time with the, with the Rohan, isn't it? As soon as you, well, stopping them from moving at all, stopping them from charging, you just kind of shut them down completely. And they're, and they're not useless, but they're a lot worse off than they could be. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it really helped that I had all of my might in that mm. corner, whereas you had... Uh, Haldir and uh, Loth- uh, Lady of Lothlorien were just sort of wandering on mm. when they did arrive my god did they churn through <laughs> the, the Eastlings that first turn I think it was probably one of the only turns you actually killed anything yes. but you did get like eight or something kills in that first turn and I thought oh my gosh this has turned the tide immediately I need to start worrying yeah my eyes started gleaming a wee bit when that happened I think um, it was yeah I think six or seven kills in that one wave of elves mm. and it was it, was, um, it, it would have been good if that, that, um, that momentum had carried on but no I think the thing that's hampering me here is lack of banners like not being able to kind of just make the fights win elves are good at it but it's it's converting that into kills as well also just doesn't often happen so yeah yeah, no again divide and conquer meaning that your banners on one flank and your elves didn't have any banner support so once i've got my phalanx of of three dice in you know i'm more often than not i'm I'm getting a win or or, you know thereabouts and and it and it's certainly capitalizing on the wins and killing the odd guy when i did so i think i ended up breaking you in the very final turn by just one or two warriors uh i think was was it one in the end it was one warrior at the end yeah i think it's always one why is it always one it's it's never like by two or three it's always one warrior to break you so i did that uh, and i got the central objective managed to just push you off the uh, the central objective just the previous turn Uh, a a little phalanx of uh, easterlings were very hardy they held off about six of them 
for quite a while before the, the reinforcements came, but that was it. It was 8-2, was it? 8-2, yeah. 8-2 yeah. in the end. So I've got the mint central objective, uh, one of the other flank objectives. You did manage to capture one objective. Although I killed Theoden, Galadriel was your leader, yeah. so I, I put a lot of effort into killing um, Theoden and didn't even get a chance to touch Galadriel, but... Yeah. yeah, she seems to be the, the tankier choice, and obviously, kind of as soon as you take as soon as you throw Thayer in as your leader, you want to throw him into combats. And yeah. Um, yeah, as as showcased just now, he died fairly quick or fairly swiftly. So yeah, no, I think it's the better way. Well, uh, Ritabi and Amda and and the the crew did their work. Uh, Borgir did did try and do a tremor once, but he failed to roll off, and he did try to blade wrath a couple of times, he <laughs> failed. So Borgir not performing well, but having two two extra points of might there uh, on him was absolutely essential. So there you go, uh, and. and a win for the Easterlings uh, two wins and one loss uh, on day one uh, let's see what happens on day two thanks very much Chris for yeah. your game best of luck in your rest of the thanks very much Harry you too so let's take a breather at the end of uh, day one and uh, I've got two wins and one loss of course so you know, I'm pretty happy with that, actually. Um, coming up against Angmar uh, with Jay, um, Jay Achari, who is a particularly uh, experienced player, very, uh, very good, good player. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed about the loss against Jay. And to be fair, if I'm honest with myself, I think um, that maybe I definitely made some mistakes, but it is a hard counter to my army, isn't it? The, the two Barrow Whites and the Witch King um, just neutralising all three of my heroes regularly. Um, I think I, I regret probably resisting the, um, uh, the, the, the Paralyze early on in the, the, the game. I think the, the first Paralyze I did manage to recover from which was great, um, but the second one, I probably should have resisted it. I tried to resist it because at that point, I uh, yeah, I definitely had that kind of... I just needed to get a bit of momentum, and I, I think I was... Because I was running out of guys. I was killing a lot of orcs, but I was running out of guys at that point, and I think I really needed to have a bit more choppage um, to do the work, and maybe it would have just taken a, a bit of pressure off Amder and uh, the Dragonite and things like that at that point. So, yeah, I think I made a bit of a boo-boo there, but again, not massively upset. Um, Jay, as I say, really good player. It's a hard counter to my army, and you know, I was very close at the end. I think I played some. Uh, I played it well to try and recover um, from that. Um, from that sort of early kind of. Uh, mash up with the heroes getting uh, deactivated a lot and maybe a bit bit more time or maybe if I'd have uh, abandoned as as we said in the uh, the chat earlier on if if I'd abandoned the objective um, or sort of sent my drum around and the flanking maneuver around a bit earlier it would have split his army a bit up a bit more and um, distracted away from from the the sort of main sort of advance and I might I might have uh, at least got a few more VPs I'm not convinced I'd have uh, I'd have turned the game around but I certainly might have made it turned it from a 7-2 or something into a you know 5-4 or something like that that would have been that would have been great I'd have been really proud of that uh, to pull off that and um, it's been it's been a bit of a day though um, I, I, I think my uh, my army is really it really does struggle against magic and I've faced um Super magic from uh, Jay's uh, Jay's Angmar force with the two Barrow Whites and Witch King. I faced uh, Gandalf early on, um, and then I faced uh, Galadriel at the end of the day with Chris. Although to be fair, uh, the divide and conquer with uh, Chris that was that was not so bad because because of the divided nature of everything. The um, Galadriel didn't really get a chance to do much until quite far into the game, and uh, early on, the the look of um, uh, of the uh, of Hayden's um, magic was just 
poor it was really poor um you know uh, the the sort of sorceress blast just did nothing to i think he, he probably could have afforded spending a bit more will on his sorceress blast i think he only did one or two will uh, most of the time and looking for fours um if he was just going for one dice looking for four uh, then it you know it is a bit risky because it may have paid off for Jay it, doing his one dice paralyzes, but for Gandalf, um, you know, he he wants to be doing doing a lot of work, and I think he's got enough will to to you know sp- potentially spend a couple of will per turn for five turns, and then you know at the end just go for the one dice um, transfixes or whatever. Um, so I, I'm pretty happy with the two wins. It means that I've got a chance to get my two wins tomorrow and and come out of the tournament with the positive win loss ratio, but. I've had a look at the player standings, and if my calculations are correct, because this is all on Longshanks, you can um, head over to longshanks.org and search for Scouring GT 2022, and you can see all the all the game breakdowns and the scores and the uh, VPs for each game and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, you can uh, actually look at it all now, um, post the uh, the tournament when when we when you'll be hearing this. Um, but you can also uh, look at it uh, during the game, so you can have a look at the the list and work out actually. I think I know who I'm playing, and I'm not excited. Um, not because of the person, because it's Aidan Lummer, I think, and we'll see tomorrow. Um, Aidan Lummer is a lovely bloke. He's got some great, great uh, painting, some fantastic stuff. I've played his army before, um, but it's Anglar. So, yeah, that's good. Um, and since I last played him, I think last time he had Burda and two Barrow Whites and the Witch King. This time he's got uh, one Barrow White, so thumbs up for that. Uh, still the Witch King, so thumbs down. Uh, well, still thumbs down for both, really. But but um, he's swapped out Burda for Gulivar because his list is on the uh, on the thing. And Gulivar and two casters is a scary prospect for my uh, three heroes. Um, it'll all come down to what mission it is. We think it's a killy mission, so it could be to the death, Lords of Battle, or Contest of Champions. I'm praying for not Contest of Champions because that will give a, a really, really clear uh, target for his magic. You know, bash a few paralyzers into um, uh, into Ritabi and, you know, I'm not going to survive, basically, am I? Um, it's never going to happen. Um, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but if it's Lords of Battle, you know, it means that he's got two casters to neutralize three heroes that can do some damage so and i think i rate my pike block against his orcs because um i've got fury and you know that'll happen for maybe two turns if he doesn't sap my will straight away so uh and to the death i think i've again got a decent chance at i think it'd be evens i think we're pretty similar um standard of player um but i'm not i'm praying for not contest of champions because that will be a really tricky game i'm trying to think how to do it may i don't know whether again to do what i did um with jay and sort of cop a couple of um paralyzes early on or to just resist and go for the kills um or i suppose early on at least i'll have pikes that can surround Ritabi and uh you know get them up but maybe later in the game i won't have that so especially if um gulliver's wrecking face so i don't know we'll see what happens fingers crossed you'll find out literally in two or three seconds time uh, what the mission is but either way let's on to uh, day two round four five and six and fingers crossed i get those two wins game four of the scouring of cheshire uh, playing against aiden aiden lummer um, we've played before um, i think i played your angmar force 
a year and a bit ago. You had Birda then, you've got something a bit bigger now. Just give us a run through of the, uh, the army and we'll talk about the scenario in a second. Uh, so the army is just an upgrade on what I took last time against Harry, but just replaced Birda with Gulabar. I found Birda wasn't quite reliable enough. Uh, and Gulavar just provides the threat range and the hitting power that Birdo can't and he's very much fun to use yeah, so you've got the Witch King you've got a Barrow White you've got a couple of Spectres Birdo what, uh, Captain on Warg and a few Warg Riders and what 40 something models 45 was uh, it? yeah 45 models including yeah, Gulavar the Witch King Captain Spectres yeah it's a nice list it's nice and we're playing Contest of Champions so usually I, th- I, I rate my chances in Contest of Champions with Ritabi and Amder and the Dragon Knight but coming up against um, the, the magical power of the Witch King and a Barrow White, I, I, I was immediately worried. I tried to talk some trash talk at the start, but I thought, this is going to be hard. What, what did you think what, when you came up against me? I think it's always scary going up against a hero you've not fought against before. And Rutabi's profile looks pretty mean, so I was scared to start off with. So I knew I had to commit a lot of resources to putting her down. So throwing three will with a Barrow White to start with to try and paralyze her and actually going off on a six... It was, it was a great it was turn two. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a handy start. Do you think I should have tried to resist it? Possibly, but I guess with that much magic going around in the game, what, what ones do you let through and what ones do you go off? I guess it's probably better to try and let the first ones go, go through because you've got more models to try and help them back up. I think the issue might have been you needed to call the move with, um, was it uh, Amda, to stop Gulavar going in. But then that pulled guys away from the paralysed Rutabi, who I could then surround with the Witch King. Yeah, and, and there were some early heroic combats and things which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, I think, I think if, I, if I'm honest, I, I've made a boo-boo, not, not, um, not count, uh, resisting that one. If I, I, she's only got two will, which makes it, it quite... It's a hard decision sometimes, because I thought, well, if I spend two will... Um, I'm out of will and I'm going to be immobilised for the rest of the game. But if I'd have resisted that one and then got a couple of kills, it would have start, It would have meant that you're fighting an uphill battle, which would have been a, a, a better scenario to be in. Yeah, it, it certainly would have put pressure on the Witch King to get the kills because getting the early kill on Rutabi meant that I could just go, right, I only need to get a couple of kills with the Witch King for this whole game and I'm, I'm okay. Whereas if you'd have got two or three from the start, it would have put pressure on me to get the Witch King into combat where he's a lot more vulnerable. Yeah, so I made a boo-boo there. And the Gulliver, I tried to protect, from, uh, protect my heroes from Gulliver initially by just sort of layering a load of dudes behind my heroes but so that you couldn't hop over the line but of course I, I there's not really much i can do to stop you jumping over the line and then heroic combating from there and i, I struck with amda to try and stop you from going into amda but you just went straight for my fury priest yeah i, I assumed you'd call the strike which is what i guess anyone would do to protect their big hero from a gulavar but it just frees up your other juicy targets like the drummer and uh, brawl gear at the back that provided that fury that was going to be really dangerous against my list yeah. so i knew i was he was going to go into them at the start even if he called even if he didn't call the strike with oh really Amanda. yeah oh, okay i knew i needed to get rid of rutabi yeah yeah the, 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 it's, it's i thought well catch 22 here you know if i if i don't call strike you might go oh i'll go for amda because i've got fight seven and yeah. and you'll probably take him out in one go which you would and then you could maybe even correct combat off amda into well uh, no yeah. you wouldn't have done because that would have been three heroic combats in one, in one go but either way um that that took away my fury early on and then um, it just meant Amdo was out of might as well because I'd lost uh, or the next turn I was because Brogir's two points of might had gone uh, Ritabi was down uh, the Dragon Knight um, had some might left but he was right at the front trying uh, protecting Ritabi I'd deployed him in front of Ritabi to make sure I had some protection from Ritabi initially um, 
but it just meant that I had to call a move with Amda to try and get uh, Gulliver to stop him getting his monstrous charge. And then I kind of miscalculated how much might I had. And I was like, oh, poo, I've just charged uh, Gulliver with no might. This is stupid. You also got very unlucky turn one when you called the move with Amda and he failed his courage test. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be spending will on courage tests when you're against Angmar because you need that will for resisting. Yeah. So it, it was a very unlucky start. Yeah, it, it, it didn't start particularly well. But I, I did get Dragonite into uh, Gulliver. But of course, by that point, I was hoping I'd have two guys that could potentially strike in Gulliver. Didn't work. You uh, immobilized uh, the Dragonite. He couldn't strike. And then Gulliver just proceeded to munch through the Dragonite and then Amder eventually and then just load of dudes. Um, and, and as you say, the Witch King and Barrow White knocking down Ratabi. I got one attempt at getting Ratabi back up and, and I got double two, so I couldn't spend any might on it either to, to bump her back uh, into a fighting position. And then it was just, I think it was an inevitability really. Once you'd juggled your guys around enough to get Witch King into Ratabi and just pin her, pin her down, I took a couple of goes but eventually you know yeah, there were, you're going to get the wounds yeah there was two or two or three turns I think it took to get Rutabi down and you got yeah we got very unlucky with those two dice when you had you still had three might behind you yeah. that you could have used to get yourself back up and you're rolling double twos it, you can't do anything about it yeah, yeah. I think the uh, fatal error was not resisting that early one if I'd have resisted it then you'd have had to immobilize her with the witch king and then maybe I'd maybe I'd have had a bit more resources in the background and and I don't mind being immobilised as much as I dislike being paralysed, I suppose. So, Well, I, either way, Aiden, it was an absolute ruffle stomp. You, you got 12-0 uh, victory on me. I didn't claim any points. I think it was, what, one or two models off breaking you at the end? Yeah, but you yeah. quartered my army, and all of my heroes are dead. Just a few acolytes, well, no acolytes left, just four guys of pikes or five guys of pikes. It's an absolute devastating um, victory to you. But well done, Aiden. It was a cracking game, as much as I... I, I, much as I felt just like I'd made such a stupid mistake early on with the Ratabi and, and I, I was like ah, oh, I was a bit dejected after that I'll be honest I do apologise for being a bit dejected no it's fine I mean it was still a fun game it's nice to see the new Eastling models on the table as well and, so, to, and to fist them into the ground yeah and that as well <laughs> <laughs> well well done best of luck with the next one thank you very much so game five of the Scaring of Cheshire and we're playing Seize the Prize uh, playing against Adam Carpenter uh, and Adam just first of all uh, could you just run us through your army list what have you got on the table for us? Okay so Warband 1 is uh, Gandalf the White he's the leader he leads uh, eight regular Minas Tirith archers unorthodox I know and uh, two warriors with spear, shields two with spear then we've got Irulus, um, the Citadel Guard hero with nine Citadel Guard with spears Berigond with six Citadel Guard with bows, and then Ingold with a full sort of 12-man shield wall of spears and shields. And then finally on top of that, the Avenger Bolt Thrower, who really had a, uh, had a good go with this game. Sure did. So, uh, seize the prize. Um, you're against the Easterlings. You, you know that I've got the drum and things like that. What, what, what did you think? Did you have a plan? Did you fancy your chances? Well, I, um, thought I didn't actually pick the side of the board, but I was given the one that I wanted, which was the one where I could set up a really nice firing position with the Avenger. So I knew that there would be a period of whittling down the guys, and if I if I brought things in at the right angle, I could still keep all the pikes and the other people who were behind in for shooting, even though I was still fighting. So getting the shooting and the fighting going at the same time meant that the middle went in my favour. Of course, Harry managed to get the uh, the objective out the back, but uh, Gandalf was a real hero this time. I, I actually have not in any game so far taken him down to zero will, and. Uh, and so when so he was he was great because he was really sorceress blasting people and uh, and stuff and it was and so beyond that 
I was hoping to, I suppose, break through the middle. That If the plan was there, was to hope to break through the middle and then get it. After that, obviously when he had moved it away with a drummer, it was to move all the shooting to the left so I could just basically have a paintball firing range at him as he came down the board. We didn't get to that, and it came down to uh, luck, basically, with Gandalf uh, Sorceress blasting him and killing him by hitting the, hitting the post of a bridge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It, it, it's one of those great games that it did come all down to pretty much the last turn or so because um, I, I had a chance to drum my hair at my... So I, I took, it took three goes to get the, the prize dug up. Um, if I'd have got it earlier on, it would have been a cakewalk, I think. I'd have been able to drum the guy off a million miles away and you'd have been... Swimming, swarming, spreading your line, swarming all over the board. I reckon I, I'd, I'd have, I think I'd have had it, but uh, it took a bit longer. So it just meant that there was a little bit more of a kind of uh, a scrum in the middle that lasted a lot longer than I hoped. I was going to withdraw everything, pull it all back, redeploy, and try and move move around well, using the speed of the drum to to get me around yeah, the board. It depends because I think uh, if you had done that, then obviously all the shooting wouldn't have stayed at the back for so long. And then that's a long range. There are other vantage points, so could have still shot whoever had it. Gandalf was still there with the magic to Sorceress Blast. So uh, ultimately, we, we will never know how it could have gone. Well, yeah, that, that is absolutely true. I mean, I, as you say, Gandalf was, was, the, uh, was the MVP here. He, he, did, he did a lot of work in terms of neutralizing uh, Brawgear, his magic. He did, did uh, try to Sorceress Blast on Amdo and took out all his will. And the Dragon Knight so took him off his horse. Uh, the the uh, drummer twice... Um, who had the uh, who had the prize in the end? Um, I, it didn't help that I, I didn't win many priorities. I, I, no, I'm not I sure mean, I won any. No, I uh, I wasn't keeping track, but uh, it was it was bad. Yeah. And I've had I've had games like that before. And it's really funny because you would think like you would think about in an infantry based game. I mean, you had a couple of heroes on horses. I have just one model on a horse. You would think that it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but it really does. Mm. It really does. Yeah. So, yeah. It just meant that then you, you kind of held me in place and kind of tied me up in ways that uh, I didn't really want to be most of the time. And also that it meant that my might wasn't particularly uh, efficient because I, I could have been using Masters of Battle to counter your moves if, yeah. if I'd won the priority, but it was never the case. And... But I, I think generally my, my guys did what I expected. I wanted them to just kind of hold the line and die, um, but it just I, I just didn't get the prize out when I wanted to, and it, it sort of slowed things down. And having magical superiority, that which you had, obviously I don't have any magic, and um, just meant that you could you could be nipping round and doing, yeah. and, and and the shooting you did. You just had so much firepower. I mean, how many bows do you have in this list? Uh, it's 14 regulars and the uh, and the Avenger. Obviously, as I said before, most people don't take regular Gondor archers, but I couldn't be asked to paint rangers. And, uh, they, and they did something. Uh, but the Citadel Guard, obviously, strength three. The Avenger can either be crap with just one and missing, but sometimes it once rolled a six, maybe a couple of fives I saw. And so those times, particularly against the weaker acolytes who were on the flanks, uh, were yeah more much very deadly yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely there were, there was some there was some good shooting but I mean that that's what you pay for I mean how many models was the list it was about four forty six it's forty six yeah. yeah so forty six you got a lot of dudes uh, there's some fight for there's some uh, tin cans but you've, you've got a lot of points in Gandalf but I think Gandalf won you the game there so it was a three nil uh, win to you in the end yep. and just because and as you said we said last turn you knocked him off his horse uh, he dropped the objective brought uh, Ratabia's a second or so away uh, maybe I think if we'd have had one more turn I'd have picked it up and then it would have been down to whether Gandalf had sorceress blasted him again yeah I mean it's really interesting to see how things could go if there was no time limit yeah. because the thing is okay fine Brogy is very beaten up but as for the big two 
they're pretty untouched apart from his will. So, I mean, I probably could have had more fun with Magic against his will. But Ritabi, the leader, is untouched entirely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, and obviously, one of my heroes, Irulus, is dead. Ingold is completely out of heroic stats. Berrigond is scarcely a hero. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, if it had gone forever... But then again, we might have hit twenty-five percent. And yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I yeah. didn't whether this one was it a twenty-five or anyway. Both, what a, both of us twenty-five. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's an unusual one, but either way, Adam, a, a cracking game. It was really interesting. A beautiful army. I haven't mentioned the uh, paint scheme. You've put a, an awful lot of effort into the uh, Minister of Warriors there. The, the sort I, I was saying before the game of talking about the the two methods of painting Minister of either dry brush, dry buff wash done yeah. uh, but you've clearly highlighted every individual panel which makes them look to sparkle yeah it does uh, it does take its time yeah. I, uh, I originally this is my first real army since being back in the games because I did Nazgul in, back in 2018 and then I did Army of the Dead just as a quick throwaway and uh, then I decided to redo all my Gondor from when I was younger and I thought they would be quick but it turns out that layered silver takes ages and black highlighting takes ages so I regret my life choices, folks. Don't pick Gondor. <laughs> it's a good fun army, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, it, and it won here. So well done, Adam. A, a cracking game. Best of luck in your next one. Yeah, thank you. And you too. Game number six, the final game of the Scaring of Cheshire. Um, playing up against Ben. Uh, and we've got um, a massively interesting uh, board to play on. Well, let's talk about that in a second. First, uh, just summarise your, your army list. What have you got? So I've got uh, Thorin on Goat. Uh, and it's the Erebor Reclaimed Throne. So he's got uh, Orchrist and sort of Defence 8, which is quite good. Uh, he's bringing uh, 15 guys on foot from the Iron Hills. So he's got uh, 5 uh, with crossbows and spears. And then he's got 10 with uh, shield and spear. Uh, I've got Gandalf, who's got a contingent of uh, Lake Town, survivors of Lake Town. So they've uh, 6 with shield, and then there's 3 bows in there as well, 1 with shield. Uh, and then lastly, there's Legolas for the sniping ability uh, with 10 Merkwood Elves with Glaive. And you also missed out your goat riders. You've got three of them. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, this was uh, hold ground. Uh, so Maelstrom of Battle are all coming on. We're trying to get to the centre. Absolutely gorgeous board. Um, I'm going to start with this because it's just crazy. But it's like a troll horde board. And it's got this like crevice in the middle and the, the, a, a kind of rocky outcrop over the top. It looks amazing. The objective is right in the centre. So we're fighting over the most complicated terrain, the imp- almost impossible to balance models on it and all that sort of stuff. Um, so with that in mind, and Maelstrom, of course, uh, what did you think of the, the game? What did, you fa- did you fancy your chances at the start? How, did you have a plan? I did have a bit of a plan, but I was kind of scuppered a little bit. So Gandalf came on uh, completely the opposite side of the board, at which point you surrounded him. Uh, and I thought you were going to one-shot him. It did take a few turns, but obviously then you, you scuppered him completely. Um, after that, Legolas didn't turn up for a little bit, which is a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, but what I tried to do was march all of my elves and all of my dwarves into the middle and just literally hold out. Um, after that, after you'd killed, I think it was all nine on my late town and Gandalf, you'd killed ten models within my army. So I actually tried to break almost as quickly as possible to end the game hoping that I still had more models on the objective um, turns out I didn't yeah we, we actually um, probably mis- misguidedly thought it was three inches uh, to the centre until we actually checked the book um, and it is six inches in the centre so and at that point I was thinking oh okay I might I might actually be able to win this then because you had such a a, a, a stranglehold on the centre you've got defence eight uh, shield wall guys in the middle you had the fight five on, on the edges as well so my easterlings were just really struggling to crack through and crucially um, very early on uh, we had quite a, 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 a duel to the death uh, of Ritabi against uh, Thorin and you uh, killed 
Batabi in one go, which was brutal. I, I, we did suck out each other's might, which was I was quite happy with, but it did mean that I didn't have a lot in the centre until Amda slowly trundled his way along. Uh, early on in the game, Gandalf had uh, sort of splattered him off the horse, but Amda got his money back because uh, he, he killed Gandalf slowly but surely. And then it was just when uh, Amda did arrive, I, I kind of had it, didn't I? Absolutely. So as well, where you got the might back from killing Gandalf earlier, yeah. um, it get, meant that you could uh, strike up and move as well onto it as well. So when I won priority, it didn't make a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a good game. It, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, we, with lots of these sort of movement and, and things like that, any movement-related mission, it's always a bit sort of ropey at times. But I think the, ma the Maelstrom was the thing that really, really scuppered you here. Because um, I wonder whether if you'd have spent might on uh, Gandalf to get him where you wanted... I, but I think the problem was he was only the second person, or was he the first? Yeah, you only had three warbands, so Thorin, had, he'd arrived first, I think, didn't he, or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So he came on second, um, but I, I was kind of gambling on Legolas turning up behind him. And by that point, you'd surrounded him so much with almost the entirety of your army, um, with the exception of Ritabi, who came on on second term, um, but still fairly close. And I was like, I could either put Legolas in and the Merkwadels, and, and the Merkwadels are quite squishy, so great fight value, but they're probably going down, which means only the dwarves are going to hold my inner in a sort of objective so I decided to sort of let Gandalf sort of die burn a lot of will burn a lot of might trying to get through as much of it as quickly as possible to, to see if he just survives um, and just try and tie you up for as long as possible and, and you absolutely did you tied me up for the three turns and Amda's la uh, the lack of Amda in the middle really really kind of in the early turns, it, it, it showed because there were some, some brutal turns of combat where you were chopping through stuff and, and Thorin taking out Ratabi really early on meant I had no might, so you had a lot of move advantage early on. Although, actually, I think I won a lot of the priorities. So you were calling, calling moves, which meant you, when I, Amda did arrive, everyone was out of might. So it was like, hey, I can stab you. <laughs> but um, it, I think it really was dominated by this whole kind of game of us as precariously balancing models on this incredibly complicated terrain. It was almost... A, a hypothetical combats where I was saying well that guy's actually there and you're like yeah yeah okay so, so if he, he can he can actually be there because he can't actually hold it then there's all this sort of stuff which was just a bit of a head scratcher it's a pain pain in the ass wasn't it it was but it also gave me an opportunity to play the very nice man who uh, also then made it a very fun to sort of like gentleman's agreement of where things were yeah. so it's, it's it's not the worst thing in the world to happen no, it no. was it is, was tricky and like you said I think halfway through you mentioned that we probably knocked almost all of our models over at least twice yeah, yeah. In, in the process and I, I am scared to see if we've chipped some of them later on yeah. but it is it is a stunning board there's no two ways about it it's I mean, beautiful and that's what you come to scouring for I mean uh, we're, uh, we're surrounded by some amazing boards there's the troll horde here so the right there's the party field from the from Hobbiton with a massive bag end in the corner uh, to our back there's the, an Amon hen scene and and over there there's more hobbit boards there's roscobel over there so it and they're, they're absolutely gorgeous and that's what you come here for and you kind of get you you, you you know what you're getting don't you when you come to this tournament you kind of know that there's going to be weird situations like that and as much of it's a head scratcher and a bit of a frustration trying to balance legolas or whatever on a twig it's it's quite fun <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's been fantastic. It's been really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the score was in the end. Seven two was it or eight two? Uh, nine two. I nine think two. Nine yeah. two to me. Uh, so I just got more guys in the centre. We both killed each other's uh, leader, but uh, I also broke you as well. And I was about four or five models off the break. So Ben, uh, cracking, cracking game. Um, it was great fun, and I hope you had a good weekend. I did. Fantastic. Thank you for thank you for your time. No, yeah. And uh, you got like three draws, two wins, or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, three draws, two wins, one loss. Um, uh, the, the draws were crazy because I've never had a draw before, and I've had three with this army. It, it seems that 
it's sort of after I've broken it, it seems to last quite well yeah. um, and starts to grind other people out. And I think it's the dwarves sort of backed up with those Merkwood elves. Yeah. But needs needs some tweaking. Yeah, well, the high, the high courage um, on the elves, I suppose, they stick around. And the, the defence eight or seven on the, the guys, they stick around. So, yeah, it's got a lot of lasting power. And I think um, if, if we'd had a lot more turns of fighting, which... Um, you know, we might have done. I think you would have slowly churned through the dudes and maybe, maybe turned the tide because it was very close at the end. I think it was. I had 15 close to the centre, and you had 14. But um, we we did roll, and we said the game would continue if we had more t- a couple of minutes. So I'd have got a few more in. But uh, either way, yeah, if we would had more time, you might have churned through and killed a few more. I mean, I don't know. You just killed Thorin, yeah. and so why I kept calling the moves earlier on with Legolas and stuff to try and get that move off is because as soon as you surround Thorin as goat he's going down as much as I love throwing and as much as the defence is fantastic it's obviously a little bit tricky so I don't know I think you still would have had it I'd love a rematch on a flat board that'd yeah. be great but um, no, I had great fun it's been yeah. good me too Dan. cheers, cheers mate <laughs> so there you have it uh, six games and three wins and three losses the elusive fourth is really getting to me now um, it's you know what I'm, I'm, I'm not too upset because I I I do feel like there's potential. Um, there's real potential in this list. I, I don't think I played particularly badly in any of my losses. Um, maybe I made some mistakes uh, resisting magic at the right time or not. Um, but generally, I think I did pretty much the right strategies. And, you know, I, you know I'm not one to get salty about uh, dice rolls and things like that. But um, I, I think may, maybe a couple of times I was on the work well quite often that maybe I was on the wrong side of luck um things like trying to dig up the prize um uh, three turns in a row um i mean that that was it basically really really undermined my uh, chance of winning because i had the right position um i was on the center surrounded the um the prize had a plan i was going to withdraw away from the bow fire and the um uh, the siege engine fire and you know, back behind some uh, some terrain and and sort of hold the line behind there, where you know I was going to hopefully be able to um, have the three heroes do the choppage. Instead, I st- sort of stood there waiting for a four plus to roll on th- a, a dice for three turns, taking the taking these shots, just taking. It must have been twenty or so shots a turn. Um, it was sixteen bows plus um, plus the the bolt for. Um, the Avenger bolt for her so you know 15-16 shots um, minimum plus 2 or 3 on average um, uh, 2 or 3 on average strength 7 shots so it was I think I think had that not been the case I might have squeaked a victory um, and you know I, I was very close anyway if it hadn't ended the turn that it did then I, I would have had Ritabi pick it pick up the objective in the following turn and I'd have had another chance to resist a sorceress blast which would have pushed it to a draw because I'd have had the objective in my half rather than um, rather than Alex's half uh, sorry Adam's half um, but you know again not not going to be too too mo- mopey about it and of course you, you will have heard um, yesterday I was talking about the, the first round draw I really didn't want to play Aiden in um, Contest of Champions and Contest of Champions came up so and he played a blinder. I mean, he absolutely did the deed. He sent over um, uh, what's his name, the the flappy Gulliver, and he flapped uh, over into uh, some dudes and heroic combated. And I had to call a strike with Amda because Amda could have been gotted. He he 
went for Borgir anyway to take the fury out which was um, he said after the game he probably would have done anyway um, and I think maybe if I'd have resisted with Ritabi earlier on and got a couple of kills it would have put more pressure on Aiden to sort of really act uh, more aggressively perhaps with the Witch King but in reality I'm not convinced it would have stopped it being a 12-0 but the Witch King ruffle stomped um Ritabi absolutely destroyed her um once uh, she was paralyzed it was just poker a couple of times to take the fate off and the witch king just came in and dumped eight dice on the table and looked for sixes and it was absolutely a destruction just 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 annihilation and um, from there on it was it was you know I kind of knew I couldn't win um but I, I tried my best to try and break Aiden and I was not far off uh, in the end but either way uh, that was a tricky one and then the final game against uh, against Ben um I, I was glad to get the win on that one um I think it, it, again the look was on my side this time I think I punished punished his um his deployment on maelstrom I, I was lucky to win the uh well sort of lose priority and, and be able to move on and pin gandalf down he probably could have spent a point of might to put gandalf um, near the rest of his guys and then it would have been a very difficult game um because the addition of gandalf against all the stuff that i was fighting would have made just everything so tricky and sorceress blast around that objective the scenario in the center that we were talking about was absolutely would have been just a nightmare Dr- knocking people off uh terrain and flinging them over and blah blah, blah. it would have been just uh crazy and a lot of fun but i was glad to take out the magic after facing six casters six i can't believe it two uh three was it three gandalfs a galadriel uh two witch kings three barrow whites in total against an army that really doesn't like magic so um you know I, i'm quite happy to get three wins um it's actually uh, I'm, I'm i'm recording this after the tournament and i'm looking at the uh the the, the sort of standings and it shows me having a draw i'm going to try and rectify that because uh, somehow our game was edited i don't know whether we did it <coughs> the aiden uh, game that he won a 12 nil on um somehow that's come out as a nil nil draw i don't know whether um, I did it or he did it or someone else accidentally edited our score or uh, maybe the TO I don't know um, but it was definitely right after the game because we went off and played the right people um, but somehow it changed before the end of the tournament so hopefully by the time this episode comes out I've rectified that because I, I want the standings to be correct and um, yeah it would it, I don't want to, anyone to think that I got a draw when I didn't um, especially because it was far from a draw it was a 12-0 loss anyway um, so back to the tournament um, we have to uh, congratulate people um, on um, all the various different things they got so let's start with uh, most sporting and I went to uh, uh, Sean Lago uh, Lego uh, something like that apologies uh, I, I don't know uh, don't know you at all I've never met you I don't think but uh, either way congratulations to best sporting uh, it's always a tricky one apparently I think I think it was a three or four way tie and um, so it came down to whoever um, won the um, uh, who, whoever did best in their games which is always always good I think it's, it's Sean Jago Jago um, apologies if I've got that wrong Sean um, but either way congratulations to that um, best theme went to Thomas Harrison uh, Thomas Harrison of SBG magazine fame um, and also uh, uh, the Palantir if you're a, a big fan of the Palantir Tedious Tom at the Ardacon uh, if you've been to Ardacon um, and uh, let's think what else we got the 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 Spoon 
Oh, I'm so sorry. The spoon went to Hayden, um, who I played in round one. Um, and I think I got a fairly decisive victory. I can't remember if it was 10-1 or something like that. Either way, he, I, I remember he got a point and he was pretty happy with getting a point. Um, but uh, sadly, poor old Hayden. Um, yeah, 10-1 it was. Um, in assassination he ended up with a wooden spoon I don't think he won any of his games at the weekend um, so I feel particularly bad about giving him a bit of a drubbing but it was game one so I wasn't going to sort of you know uh, you know you know, just just sort of throw the tournament there and uh, we did have a good um, we did have a good game and I feel like I did help him uh, in a few ways um, so fingers crossed um, that that, uh, that didn't play uh, play against you and that you know he didn't feel too bad he seemed like he took it uh, in good humour one of the battle camper crew uh, Alex Temple of Battle Camper fame was there filming. So uh, have a look on the YouTube channel Battle Camper. Uh, there'll be at some point in the next week or two, I'd imagine there'll be um, there'll be some battle reports which will always be worth watching. Um, so that was the the, the main things. Uh, third place. Let me get this right. It's Thomas Parkin who have played before. Uh, Tom Parkin is. Um, he does tabletop ramblings on YouTube. Um, he's the one that um, I got on to the podcast a, a while ago during COVID uh, to talk about playing with yourself because Tom likes playing with himself. Hmm. <laughs> In all seriousness, he does play a lot of games uh, with himself, which I guess has paid off because uh, he's do he's done very well in uh, this tournament, got onto the podium, and he was very high up uh, for the uh, the whole of the tournament. So, uh, so there's that. And oh, who's second? Well, it's none other than Ivan Sheehan. Uh, Ivan Sheehan, one of the Irish lads um, who are a, a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to going to Ireland in a few weeks' time uh, to play against uh, some of the Irish fun. As they said, it's always good crack. Uh, it's good crack with them lads. Um, it is. Uh, it's great. And I know Ivan's a really good player. Um, he's he's very close to podiuming um, most times. He's here um, in over into uh, into UK and and visiting. I think he's been scouring a couple of times because it's quite easy to get across. Um, either way, uh, well done to Ivan who came second. But let's head over back to the tournament, uh, rewind through time, and find out. Who ended up winning the tournament as a whole? So, scouring has come to an end, uh, and there can be only one winner, and it is famous SBG Tom, or tedious Tom, as people know uh, from Ardacon. It's Tom Harrison, well done. Oh, wow, yeah. Wasn't expecting that coming into the weekend, but um, yeah flabbergasted to have won six games well well let, let's walk through it a bit because um you've got 800 points what did you bring and and how how did it win you the tournament let's find out yeah so pits of dol guldor legion so that's azog on the white warg with the keeper of the dungeons thrain the broken and the hunter orc captain and then lots of gundabad orcs and hunter orcs right so what, what sort of numbers are we talking here 45 so probably a lot. yeah probably <laughs> above average numbers yeah. um an 11 mic's pretty good um, yeah. But yeah, you're relying a lot on the Azog, but he does get a free heroic combat and a really cool rule where you can win priority automatically and no one can heroic move back. And, and do you get resistant to magic in that one yeah, as well? Yeah, resistant to magic as well, even though I forgot it in one of the games. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. even forgetting all your rules yeah. and you still managed to win. So yeah. what, what was it about that, that that worked so well at this points level, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Azog getting a free heroic combat, he is a monster, so that really helps. I think the Hunter Ox two attacks as well, really good. I was worried about spellcasters because you can shut Azog down, but between the resistance magic and the, his will and his might, he does have the six might with the warg, he, mm. he was able to do enough in those games as well, so yeah. What, what, sort of, what were the trickiest matchups you had, or, or trickiest games in particular? Any hard, hard moments that you had yeah, to overcome? I had two really close ones, one against Calamedans, which was a 5-4 win, and that 
It's, it's the kind of game where you know dice rolls go another way on some of the rolls and the result switches around. Um, I remember in that one, Shagrat had trapped someone and had six dice to kill and needed four highest and got threes. So it's that, it's that kind of thing can, can mess you up. And then I had a really tense one in Seize the Prize where I took the prize and basically kind of held it like a rugby ball until the end um, whilst being bombarded by four spellcasters. So that's where the resistance to magic came in really, really well. Was that, was that, um, who, who, who was playing with that one? Was it Nicky Myland? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, was yeah, say, cause yeah. I, heard, I heard his, his tales of, because he got the new Eastling hero and the, uh, the Witch King and Cardush. Yeah, Cardush, yeah, Cardush, and then the final one's Mouth of Sauron. So it's four spellcasters all at, all, all constant barrage. So yeah, that was, that was tough to deal with. And I mean, I got destroyed in the game, but my plan was to kind of keep him away from Azog and hold the prize in his half and, that did it in the end so yeah that, that was very tense were, were there any moments that you, you that you did you pulled off any kind of fancy moves that you think that you know oh that that was a, a, a clever move that you were really proud of or something like that or was oh. it all pretty much just putting the toys in the right place <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's, it's hard to say on that I think on you know with Azog he gets a free heroic combat every turn so whilst there's a lot of them some of them can be really helpful because you can churn through a lot mm. um I think I played the last game pretty well to to get like so obviously there's lots of luck involved but I think I made a I made a big move going into Aragorn to, and that knocked him down with Azog so Azog into Aragorn knocked him down. So this is hold ground, yeah. Yeah, hold ground, knocked Aragorn down, and that by virtue of him being on the floor stopped Aragorn from doing Aragorn things, which helped me I think ultimately win the middle. Right. So yeah, I, I, t- I don't know if there was anything particularly special. Thrain was pretty funny. He, probably killed as many hunter orcs as he did the opposition models over the course of the weekend but uh yeah i enjoyed having him in there just for a bit of fun and and just before they announced the podium you you we were uh, bestowed with the the best theme as well yeah. so um i mean you know it is a very th- thematic army but uh, it it's got it's got a lot of tricks to make it good so you you know clearly Stephen and the the rest of the judges respected the theme as well as the the you know quality of your gamesmanship which is which is quite a quite a big honor really yeah i, th- I think having thrown in there probably helped with that and maybe not many people have taken it yet so it looks pretty new and unique i think m- maybe they were swayed a little bit because i was doing well with it might have been in there there's some other pretty darn good themed lists mm. in here but yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways it is just Azog, Keeper, Captain, Thrain. It's not, it's not got any other big toys or it's not allying in anything hard. So maybe, yeah, maybe that helped a lot with that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing with it. It's a great list. Yeah, and, and obviously um, people who know you will know that you've been playing the game for a very long time and you've been podiuming regularly a, a lot over the years. So a 100-person event like this is no stranger to you, I suppose. But you still, you know, you don't play anywhere near as much as you used to. So what is it, two or three tournaments a year at max? Yeah, Max, and my last, my last games were at Ardacon. I played a, f- a couple of casual games in January, but that's it. It was Ardacon was my last, last time I played, so it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty uh, good to just come back in and, and end up winning the games. I, I, I would say I was still a little bit rusty, like forgetting some rules here or there. But, um, but a rusty sword still has a sharp edge. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was the... That, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. I, I, I can tell you, so yeah. you really are fabricated. I know you're sort of being quite modest about it and saying, you know, look, played into it. And of course, they, you can't win a 100-person tournament without getting a little look, um, or at least not being on the unfavourable side of uh, bad luck. But either way, um, you've clearly done something right to win at this event. It's not exactly an, an easy field. No, exactly. I think my last game, so I was against Scott, who'd never been in a final 
tournament deciding game and that was lovely actually you usually have a really tense affair and it was actually really chilled it felt like a normal just relaxed game which was which is lovely for the final game and the shame is you know if you lose that final game if you're Scott you drop down the order and don't don't finish on the podium but um yeah, it was a lovely final game which 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 I really enjoyed actually uh just pressure off yeah and I think maybe it did help me having some experience of that and for Scott it's a new thing yeah. um but yeah I, the, the last game worked out kind of well as well in terms of he had Legolas come on on his own and I could bring the keeper of the dungeon behind him that's on the on Steve's live stream so I guess it'll be available to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can watch it all on Top Table Gaming, so you'll be able to see six uh, full games as well, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, and, and, of course, just give a quick plug for um, for the SPG magazine and Seven Stones, which are, are, are both your, your babies, I suppose. They're coming coming down the track. Yeah, um, so SPG magazine, we've talked about on this on this uh, podcast before, but, uh, yeah, is that we've got 11 magazines full of hobby goodness. Um, if you are interested in taking a look, you can email us at sbgmagazine at gmail.com and we'll send you the links to some free free PDFs and you can always pick up physical copies if you're keen. Absolutely. And, and oh, seven, seven Stones, Stones is coming and I'll be there. Yeah, and what's the, do you remember the date? I'm, I'm May the yeah. something or other. I, I'd imagine it's sold out though because this has passed on two years since uh, COVID, I'd imagine. It's been it's been postponed a couple of times so you must be quite keen for that and excited. Yeah, it's, it's last weekend in April, start of May, so 30th of April, 1st, 2nd of May. And yeah, well... well it, it kind of is sold out, but it isn't because some people now can't do it because they rolled their tickets over. So there probably will be some spaces. So check out the event page on the Great British Hobbit League Facebook page, Seven Stones. And uh, yeah, put your name down if you're keen. Fantastic. Well, uh, Tom, well done. It's uh, it, glad to see you at the top of the podiums. It's always it's always nice to hear that the old, the old guard <laughs> remains firm. So well done. Cheers, Harry. That's right. It's none other than Tom Harrison. Uh, there you go. Tom was uh, the winner of the tournament. Uh, and thanks to him for having a chat. Um, you know, I, I basically forgot about um, doing the tournament organiser chat. Um, Steve looked incredibly busy the whole time. And there, did, there wasn't a lot of gaps between my rounds. A lot of my rounds came to... Um, uh, came to a conclusion pretty much on time and uh, squeezing in the interviews with the players uh, was a bit more of a priority um, I never got a chance to uh, record with Steve I barely even got a chance to chat with him that's the problem with a, a tournament that's got 115 players um, and with me having been to many tournaments over the years now um, I just know a lot of people so you sort of snatch a 10 minute conversation with people and then maybe you don't see them for the rest of the weekend um, So uh, or you know maybe pass at the bar and say how's your last game gone Um so a, a bit of a shame, no no tournament organiser chat, um, but Steve put us on a great a great event and uh, big thanks to Matt Woods and uh, Sam Page who helped out um, doing all the uh, all the sort of maths and things like that. Sam Page was the ringer with um, who had. Uh, he he had Smaug, um, which is a pretty horrible ringer, I thought. But um, and Matt Woods, um, who I've not really met in person, I've said, uh, said hello and chatted a few times. But uh, he was doing all the the wizardry on Longshanks, so fingers crossed. Um, uh, he's he, well, he's proud of it. It, it did it worked very smoothly, other than the fact that somehow I managed to edit my own score or. Um, Aiden's edited my score or someone's edited my score um, but anyway so that's the tournament uh, very 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 nice tournament a great weekend lots of people um, I, a little disappointed that I didn't get my four in two but I'll get there I'll get the positive win-loss ratio at some point maybe the Dragon Emperor is the answer we'll find out or maybe I just need to not face six casters that'll be nice um, I think the next time you'll hear from me is going to be in Ireland 
So that's an exciting one. We might do a bit of a special kind of uh, rambly episode um, flying over and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it'll be good fun. I'm looking forward to travelling to the Emerald Isle. Uh, I've never been to Ireland. Um, I've got sort of um, family ties there. My grandma was Irish, so looking forward to going to her her homeland and and also, as I said, talking to some of the Irish folks. I'm bringing uh, Louise along, my uh, my fiance, for the weekend, which will be great. And we're going to have a few sort of days holiday in uh, Ireland after that, which will be really nice. So uh, Guinness uh, on the evenings, uh, uh, tourism over the few days, but toy soldiers. So I need to work out, still need to work out what army I'm going to take because it needs to fit into one tray. So Easterlings are going to have a break. Um, I need to fit an army into a tray and Easterlings are just too many models for that. So I'll have a think. And we will return when we're heading off to Ireland. Boorong. Boorong.